I'm excited to share these things with you. Uh, there are seasons, our church is about 11 years old, and there are seasons, have been seasons, mostly marked by maintenance, mostly marked by staying faithful, uh, and then there are seasons that are characterized by building and growing and pressing in and where you can hardly stay on uh, track with the pace that it feels like we're being pulled forward. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I love those seasons. We're definitely in a season like that right now. And uh, I just, I am compelled and encouraged and super, I'm just excited to be a part of what God's doing in and through us right now. Um, and I hope that you're sensing some of that, and I hope that you're sensing that you have a place here, that there are needs here, and, um, and, and that you feel like this is a place where you can not only get encouraged, but a place where you can give. It's really important to me that this is a, a healthy experience as, as you engage in this community, and that, that includes receiving encouragement. That also includes giving it and serving to others as well. So two announcements um, in this regard. One, um, let's see. So a few years ago, several families in our community, about at the same time, started feeling a pull towards growing their family through adoption, opening their homes to the possibility of embracing somebody into their home who was in need of a home. And uh, that was an exciting season. It continues to be an exciting season. And here's what's crazy about when you, it's not crazy, it's just really um, it's beyond our ability to kind of comprehend. When you start to say yes to God in an area that is challenging to you, when you open your family up, when you open your heart up, when you open your business up, when you open whatever, um, God's going to say, I see that, I hear that, and here you go. I'm going to continue to give. And um, so what's happening is in a couple of situations in our in our church, and specifically with the Alves this morning, Denise is our family director, family life director, leads our kids' ministry. Um, they, they have been given an opportunity to embrace another child into their, into their family. Now, they just adopted, or are in the process of adopting, and, uh, and it just, it, there's more coming. So, um, so she's pregnant, and the baby's due in two weeks. Uh, that's kind of the situation. She's actually not pregnant. It's a metaphor. Um, <laughs> We're talking about a two-week pregnancy. My, my point in bringing this to you, and uh, she gave me permission to do this, is to simply say this, that uh, this is going at a speed that is beyond her ability to sort of just roll with, even somebody with a high capacity like Denise. And so what I'm asking you to do is to consider supporting the kids' ministry for the next three months with your time. So if you have served in the kids' ministry in the past, if you're willing to serve in the kids' ministry uh, in, in, as a new role, um, I'm asking for a three-month commitment to give her some space to focus on this big change in her um, family. If you don't know her, she's got four beautiful girls who are mostly grown up, and now she's like got family 2.0 starting uh, with a couple of young ones. So please, um, when I ask you to pass the baskets in a minute, if you are willing to support in this way, would you let us know? Uh, this would just be supporting the kids' ministry on a Sunday morning, maybe once or twice, maybe once a month for the next three months. We're just trying to give her space to back up a little bit and, and uh, take care of things at home um, as they are on uh, rapid acceleration speed. All right, second announcement. Uh, Today is the last Sunday I'm going to talk about 
um, our Start Strong financial campaign. We've been raising money. The goal of our raising money has been to just jump out of the gate really fast in this effort to pay for the, uh, the theater that we purchased. We just bought the downtown theater. We'll be moving in uh, sometime early 2017. And thanks. And, um, and so we've been talking about it each of the last four weeks. We're not going to talk about it after this for a while. You can always give to this effort online at our website, EmmausCommunity.org. You can mark gifts anytime to the theater, and uh, money will continue to go there. I'm just super fired up to share this with you. What we hoped was to raise $30,000 in 30 days, and we're about 27 days in, and here's where we are at the end of uh, week four. Go ahead and throw that up there for me. $103,000 has been given. Yeah. So great, so great. And even uh, more exciting to me, frankly, is the degree to which people are participating in this, whether it's with a big, big gift or a gift that would be considered by some to be small. It's the, the quality of participation that I'm excited about. 99% of you voted to buy the theater, and a big percentage of you in the first month have committed money to pay for that theater. And I think it's a real sign of health. I'm totally excited about the future of this church. And I want to say a big thank you for many sacrificial gifts towards this effort. We had a, a dessert there on Thursday night. We're casting vision, hearing people's perspectives as they walk around the theater. There's some great stuff in the future for us. And I'm super excited to be on this road with you. So once again, thank you for your strong support as we, uh, as we prepare for this big move. All right. Enough Nate for the morning. Uh, I'm really excited about today's sermon. Stephanie Van Tassel is bringing the heat today. Why don't you come on up? Stephanie was sharing lunch with us a couple of weeks ago. I said, hey, what, got anything going on inside you? I want to hear about like, what kind of message is happening inside. And she said, well, there's this little thing. And I said, well, we've got to share that. That's got to be shared, and it's got to be shared really soon. So Stephanie's been a part of our church for several years. She's been a worship leader here. She's part of the teaching team now. She serves on our board. So will you welcome with me with a great message this morning, Stephanie Van Tassel. Thank you. <clears throat> thank you. It's fall. Are you guys so excited? Oh, thank you. I'm uh, wearing my pumpkin spice perfume today. I'm really excited about it. Um, <laughs> Is my aunt here? Denise, are you here? I thought I heard you laugh. <gasps> hi, Denise. Denise is visiting from Illinois. Everybody say hi, Denise. <laughs> uh, this is her first time visiting our congregation, and Denise is really special to me. She's put a lot into my life, but um, one area in particular I'm going to try not to cry is she introduced me to Texas Roadhouse. <clears throat> it's those deep moments that impact the next generation. I just want you to know that. Um, but she's brought a lot into my life. Um, if you are a guest like Denise, we're going to pass. Did we already pass the baskets? No problem. Uh, there are baskets on the end of your aisle. If you're sitting there, go ahead and grab it. Pass it down your row. And if you're here for the first time like Denise's, you can fill out your information so we can start spamming you. Um, also, if you don't like the message, my name is Nathan Oates. You can just write that right down there. Um, all right, and then did we already pass the Bibles too? Did you get a Bible? Okay, perfect. So you can go ahead and open your Bibles right away. We're going to jump right in. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And because today I want to teach you something from the Word and how it applies to our emotional health. So in Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. 
Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. It's loving the Lord with all. It's all that you have. That's what he requires of you. And with that as our biblical framework, I want to have a conversation today about balance. So have, you, have any of you in this last week had a conversation that had the words like juggling, things on my plate, work-life balance, overwhelmed, things like that? Have you heard those this week? Have you said those this week? This is a pretty common topic when we're talking about balance. Those are kind of the phrases we start using. I hear it constantly and I'm saying it constantly. And when we're talking about that, we're talking about every area of our life in perfect balance. Here is an illustration I stole off of the internet. And it has the various components of who we are. Intellectual, physical, social, spiritual. I don't know what environmental is. I, I'm sure it's important. Financial, <laughs> occupational, psychological. So we're complex, right? I mean, people are complex. We have all of these different areas. And when we're talking about balance, oftentimes we're saying one of these is out of whack. There's too much or too little of one or the other. And I've noticed in these conversations that I've had with people that this is a difficult conversation to have. It's kind of hard to articulate and figure out what you're talking about. So we end up boiling it down to our responsibilities and our resources. Here's what I mean by that. You might have imbalance in your family life, but you end up talking about how many times you have to go to Costco to buy food for family dinner. Do you see what I'm saying? You talk about a responsibility. So I want to kind of go through some of the things that we typically talk about. I pushed the wrong button. Did I? Yes. There we go. So here's our responsibilities when we have too many or too few and we're feeling out of balance. Okay, so responsibilities. Work too much. Take too many classes. Family demands. I have to shower every day. <laughs> this is rough. Life is hard. Or too few responsibilities, out of work, can't get into school, don't have a plan for my nutrition. What about resources? Lots of belongings to care for, our house, our car, we have to take care of all of these things. Too, lots of kids. I actually put this under the resource category, so just think about that for a minute. <laughs> too much physical prowess and energy. This is the one I struggle with. What do I do with all my extra energy that I have when I wake up in the morning? It's like. Should I run 20 miles? I don't know. Push-up day? Let's see. Um, or too few resources, not enough time, not enough money. Most people, when they're talking about feeling imbalance, they're, fall they're falling under the category of too many responsibilities, too few resources. Am I right? And it's usually in one area of your life or many. Um, but instead, so, uh, okay, let me skip ahead. So when we're trying to ditch responsibilities and gain resources to feel more balanced, we want it to look like this. We're having fun with charts and graphs today. So see here, it's all the areas of your life. There's that balance line. There's not too much. There's not, or there's uh, not too few. You're right balanced across the board. So let's say that we arrive at this amazing oasis of perfect balance in life. We have just enough responsibility and resources in every category. And then the holidays come, or you have to move, or someone gets sick, something happens, something blows up, you lose your plan, your dog eats your plan, something happens with your plan. So we're constantly having to reevaluate this area of balance, and what ends up happening is, instead of trying to thrive across the board, we're just trying to survive. 
We're trying to come to a steady neutral all the way across so that we can get through and have just a livable life. Um, I want to tell you about a guy named John, who he, this was a very much his story. John was in a new job. He was really bored. No one had ever had this job before, so it might have just been that they weren't really sure what he was supposed to do. But that was kind of his sweet spot anyway, because everywhere John went, he was building something new in his organization. He was really skilled at it. Um, he was skilled to a point that his coworkers were just annoyed with him. He was so passionate, he was so determined, that he couldn't just make a change. He had to explain and preach to everyone who worked with him why it was an important change. And he was a little overweight, and they made fun of him, and he was never with his family because he was working so far away. So John was having trouble with balance, but I can't blame John because there are very few times in my life where I can feel like I've had that perfect level of balance. It makes me kind of want to give up. It makes me kind of think there has to be a better way. And I believe that there is. And I think for those of us who prescribe to biblical Christianity, who are followers of Jesus, there is hope for this life of balance. I want us to go back to the scripture that we began with um, because when we're talking about balance, it isn't just about responsibilities and resources for believers in Jesus. It's about the commands of God, the call on our life, and the capacity that we have. So let's talk about those in this scripture. Command, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The command here is, love the Lord your God. So who is our example of loving the Lord? It's Jesus. Jesus did this perfectly. Jesus obeyed God. Obedience is loving God. So his command is to love, and to love him is to obey his commands. Interesting how that works, huh? So Jesus did this perfectly. Um, but to add to that, we're talking about the call of God. So if the command is what God, God's telling us to be like Jesus, to be exactly like Jesus, the call is to say, be exactly like yourself. Be uniquely you. Be the true self that I've created, your unique expression of worship and adoration to God. So the way I like to think of it is, if the command is, love your neighbor as yourself, love is the command and your neighbor is your call. Does that make sense? So there's our command and call that kind of helps us come into balance. But finally, we're looking at our capacity. This is the big one when we're talking about life balance, right? The challenge here is all. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. So love God with all of it. That's the challenge. Hustle. Give it your all. Keep digging down. Give God what you have. This is your capacity. We're in a culture that's really oversaturated and overworked. We're overstimulated. There's just a lot going on. So the church has done a great job at helping people slow down, listen, put your priorities in perspective, say no to the unimportant things, Pursue God above everything else. But let's not forget 
that we have a depth of capacity and we can do great things, right? We can do great things. So I want you to picture two wells. Come with me here. Everyone, so picture like there's a well right here, there's a well right here. Everyone from Lincoln's like, wells, we got it. My people from Roseville and Rockland are like, who is wells? Who's? No, so I'm talking about water wells that go down into the ground, water, okay? So there's two wells, one of them is yours, and yours is really deep, um, but there's more down in there. You could keep on digging, there's sweeter water down there, you can keep going. Mine, it's not as deep, but I've hit rock. I can't really dig much farther, that's about as far as I've gone. Those are both our all, and that's our capacity that we have to offer God, all of our heart, all of our soul all of our minds. It's the giving that satisfies God. If you can go deeper, keep digging. Hustle. If you're holding anything back, give it away. If there's anything of value that you're holding on to because you say you need life balance, surrender. This is loving God with all that you have. So now I have two observations here on capacity because this gets tricky. First, all you have is all you can give. I'm going to say that again. All that you have is all that you can give. Are you okay with that? This is where I think we have a lot of fear and anxiety. Am I okay with having a well that I'm comparing to someone who is deeper? Comparison will kill your love here, friends. If you're trying to give your all and you're comparing to the person next to you, Two, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to have pride and you're going to slow down because you're going to think, I'm giving more. Or you're going to feel defeated and you're going to want to quit because you're not giving as much. But the real tragedy is that you're not going to be looking at Jesus when you're supposed to be loving him. The real tragedy is that you're going to be looking at other people or looking at yourself. We can't deal with comparison when we're talking about our capacity to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Here's, but, but the cool thing about that, for me at least, is that I don't find despair in that. I find freedom. I find freedom that uh, all I have is all I can give, and that no, one, no one's eyes should matter other than Jesus's. Um, that means that I'm walking out a unique story of love with God. That means that what I have to give is unique and special, and it's just right if it's all that I have. Amen? Amen. So here's my second note about capacity. Giving it all to God means he can do what he chooses with it. Giving my capacity to God means he can do what he chooses with it. So again, let's go back to your well. You're digging. You're exhausted. You're excited because you found new sweet water. You throw your bucket down in there, you pull it up, you're sweaty and tired, and you hand over the sloshing bucket to God, and he dumps it on the ground. Ah, what's going on? Some of our skill and our talent and our gifting, it seems like it's wasted. Sometimes it does. But God wasn't going to sell it, and he wasn't going to drink it. He wanted your love. He wanted your surrender and your trust. He wanted your heart. This, to me, is Martha pouring the oil on Jesus' feet. 
This is David when he's given that sweet water from the homeland and he pours it like a drink offering on the ground to God. It seems like a waste, but nothing that we give to God is a waste because it isn't about the value, the monetary value. It's about the relationship. Other times, he's going to tell us to leave some water in the well. I'm just going to take this metaphor all the way here. So we're back at the well. Sometimes you're going to have stuff down in there. You're going to have a well that's full, and he's going to tell you to leave it in the well. And what I mean by that is there will be some times that what you're capable of is not your calling. There will be times in your life where what you are capable of is not your calling. I'll give a, I'll give a life example for for this. Um, I've had seasons in life where I could have had many jobs. I, God told me to choose one, right? I've had times in my life there are many places I could serve. God told me to choose one. I am loving him with my no. Hello. I'm loving him with a no because it's his. And just because I'm capable doesn't mean I'm called. And I would say conversely to that, just because you're called doesn't mean you're yet capable. You might need to keep digging in your well. What do you think I'm doing right here? I am not capable of preaching to thousands of people. I'm not capable of doing it perfectly, but I'm standing up here digging a well because God has called me to something and he will make me capable. And it might hurt and there might be stumbles along the way, but I'm loving him. And that's what my life's about. That's what I want to do. The last uh, thing that I just want to point out as an example to this capacity thing is um, the call to Sabbath. I love that this is one of our commands, the Sabbath. It's one out of seven days where I, have a I am capable of working. I could work seven days a week. I could do it. But he says, no, keep it in your well. I will provide for you those days. Trust me. Surrender. I love it. It's beautiful to me. I love it because I have freedom in this. I have freedom to know that what I can give is all I can give. That God is the one who I'm serving. That I can say no in a holy way. That I can say yes without fear, in areas that I've never gone before, because he will make me capable. It makes me brave. It makes me hustle harder. It makes me freer. And this, friends, is balance. Balance isn't found in averages across the board. It's an extreme surrender and trust of everything. That's the Christian route to balance. I want to go back to the story of that guy, John, that I was talking about before. He wasn't balanced in his health, his work, his family, really anything. Um, but he had a call, and he had a high capacity. So he kept at it while he was in Continental Congress, writing the Declaration of Independence, serving as the first vice president of the United States, a position which he says was the most significant, insignificant office that ever the invention of man contrived. John Adams had a big capacity and call. Did he do it perfectly? No. I'm sure glad he did it. I'm sure glad he hustled hard. I'm sure glad that he was free to do that. So let the balance we seek be between hustle and freedom. 
So I want to I wrap up here with some challenges for you. The first is, if you're feeling conviction about where your time is going, now's the time to turn it around. You can have a transformative moment today. Give your capacity to God. However, if you're feeling guilty, this is your time for freedom. You get to release that. That isn't from God. You have freedom from striving to perform, from striving to have more, from striving to be popular, because you are not what you have, you are not what people think of you, you are not what you can do. You are a beloved child of God. He wants your love. Be free. And if you're feeling stress in areas of your life, this is unique encouragement. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Life has stress. Life is hard. We got to hustle. Um, and don't quit the hustle just because of opposition or anyone's voice other than God's. Do great things and be free. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have given us the capacity to love you. Thank you, God, that you are worthy of love, that you're good, that you walk out this life with us where there's stress and there's fear and there's anxiety and there's so much to get right. Uh, you don't watch from a distance and wait to have us do it correctly. You are with us in the hustle. You are with us giving freedom. So God, I ask that you would, um, that you would just expand that truth in our hearts that we would give all that we have for you, God, that we would um, be free to be ourselves. And uh, Lord, we just ask you to do this for us individually, but also for us as a church. Let us be this kind of a church, this kind of a body for the city of Lincoln. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. I want to invite everyone to stand up for a minute this morning. Um, what I so appreciate about this, this word is the freedom to pursue what I've been asked to do with everything that I have, and maybe even not worry so much about doing so many things well, uh, but doing a few things, the things that God has called me with all that I, all that I have. And uh, we, just, we just need to be able to encourage one another in that process. Um, so, as part of our worship gathering this morning, as every morning, we want to just welcome one another, extend peace from God to one another, and then we'll come back together for some time of processing this and, and singing together, receiving communion. So, may the peace of Christ be always with you. Thanks. Take a minute, greet one another with the peace of Christ, and let's come back together to worship. <laughs>